Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dirty Dishes. And I want to say thank you for your patience. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to take a little break this week and get back into reformatting. And I had recently wondered if my show was going into the direction that I wanted it to go. Um, I was a little concerned that my 15-20 minute segments weren't doing what I had originally envisioned it to do. And I really felt like um, I took some advice that I saw online and I thought it was important and I thought it was meaningful and I thought it was going to help maybe advance my podcast beyond what it is. And in reality, it kind of made it go backwards and it kind of steered away from what I had envisioned, from what I thought was necessary. So I just want to say thank you for that, um, for your patience, for letting me figure it out for a minute and letting me find what I needed to. And I really feel that um, having a 15-20 minute show doesn't do justice to what I like to talk about, the topics I like to discuss. Um, I like to go a little bit more in depth. And I had read online um, that 15-20 minute podcasts are enough because people get bored and tired of listening to you. And obviously, um, listening to some other podcasts and kind of thinking about my prior episodes, like from the beginning, um, having just 15 or 20 minute shows really don't do the trick for me. Um, I have a lot I like to say. I like to expand on ideas. Um, also, trying to do two shows a week um, has gotten a little cumbersome, and I will go on to explain that later. So, I will definitely have a show on every Monday. Every Monday, you will get a new show from me. Um, twice a week was a little bit too much um, between working and children and um, trying to give the best possible podcast that I can. I feel like one day a week, I can direct all my energy into that podcast and that episode, and I can expand on how I'm feeling and what I want to talk about, and I can get into a better rhythm. And I think that's really important. I think rhythm is so important in podcasting. I think it's important that um, we don't burn out, that we don't um, lack ideas, um, that when we feel that we're starting to stray from what we originally envisioned, that we take that time out, that we say, hey, look, I don't think this is what I like. I don't think this is what I want. I don't think this is what I need. Or it's just a feeling maybe that we have that this doesn't feel right to me. And we need to follow that feeling. And we need to understand that and let it marinate and see where we end up. So um, I don't want to make my podcast just 15 or 20 minutes. And I'm sure there's some shows that you know, or episodes, I should say, that I'll do that are just 15 or 20 minutes because I made my point in that amount of time. But if I'm talking about something a little bit more serious or I feel like it's a little bit more in-depth topic, of course, I'm going to go longer than that. Um, also, I definitely feel that um, I was just going off the cuff a lot. And before, I really honed my ideas. I really sat down and put more thought into them prior. And with the transition with COVID and with my job where I was working at home, then I wasn't, and then I was back in the office, um, it kind of disrupted my flow. And I was trying to get up and do these podcasts early in the morning 
um, get them done before my children woke up, before I got ready for work and it just wasn't working. I felt like I was throwing everything together and I felt like I wasn't doing my own podcast justice because at the end of the day, I'm the narrator. I am the idea person and I would say I'm in the edits team, but I don't really do any edits like I said before because this is raw and this is real. And you'll probably hear my dishwasher in the background running right now. I'm in my little home office area, but you'll hear the dishwasher running. Nothing I can do about that. That's real life. Um, so I think it's important that we take, I take the show into the direction I want it to go. And I felt like I wasn't doing that. So if I lost listeners because of that, um, that's on me. And hopefully I can expand the knowledge and um, keep learning and growing with podcasts. Um, podcasting is a pretty competitive business. Um, so once a week, I'm going to post a podcast. I'm going to put more of my heart and ideas and feelings into it. Like in the beginning, um, like I said, 15, 20 minute podcasts work in some situations. But for me, who likes to elaborate on things, not so much. If you stuck with me, like I said, through this transition, then thank you. And I promise it will be amazing going forward. Every Monday will be a new show, just as honest and raw as before. Usually, um, I'm not a topical or celebrity driven podcast. I'm more um, everyday life, divorce, love, hate, cheating, um, domestic violence, um, things of that nature. I don't really try to go political. I steer clear of that. I don't try to go celebrity driven either. I try to still clear of steer clear of that. Um, but I can't help um, but kind of feel a little bit of feeling towards what's going on with Kim Kardashian and um, Kanye West. And I'm not a fan of either. I don't um, follow Kim. I don't follow Kanye. That's not, no. Um, it's not to say that there's anything wrong with them. It's just that I don't, um, reality television, um, as you get older, sometimes that's not as fun to watch and that's where I'm at. And so, um, I don't watch Keeping Up With the Kardashians or anything of that nature. Um, Kanye, yes, some of his songs are great, but can I say I'm a true fan and follow him? No, I cannot. Um, but... I recently was talking with um, my sister-in-law about some things and she actually brought up Kim and Kanye and she said to me, have you seen this post or this um, kind of piece from Trevor Noah who is on Comedy Central and I think he does daily news and if I said that wrong I apologize but I know the person doing um the piece is Trevor Noah and so you can google that and I think you can find it but he talks about his own experience with um his own experience in life with domestic violence with things that happened within his own childhood to his parent and um I think it brings to life how difficult it can be to be in the midst of um a situation where somebody's trying to control the narrative or somebody is trying to control how you're seen. And my sister-in-law has been through this. I have been through this. Um, how we as women are sometimes asked 
what did you say? What did you do? How did the fight begin? Um, were, was he drinking before? Is he taking any drugs? Almost as if um, you are giving a statement, but you're making excuses for their behavior. And that's what it can feel like. It can feel like um, their behavior can be excused. I think it's gotten way better. I think um, our society has embraced domestic violence, stalking, controlling, gaslighting, narcissism. Um, we have embraced that a little bit more. Is it great? Is it where it should be? Probably not, but it's a lot better than what it used to be. So, you know, it's a hard situation too for my um, sister-in-law because she has children and she was with her abusive ex-husband for a while, over a decade. And it's really different when kids are involved. Um, my situation, I did not have children with my ex-husband, so I was not in that situation where I had to protect myself, protect my children. Um, it wasn't that situation. It was more of protecting myself. Um, but when somebody is painting a, a dark picture of you and your divorce, which is difficult enough, and the lines are blurred, and the dark moments of divorce turn black, or a very angry shade of red because you are dealing with a situation of a marriage ending. You are kind of in a guilt-ridden state if you really wanted your marriage to work. Um, you are mourning the loss of that relationship. Plus, your children are mourning that loss of a parent, um, the joint custody, the back and forth of homes and back and forth of life who has who on what holidays you know the drill that goes with divorce um it's hard to understand when two people who once seemed so much in love with each other and brought children into the world could unravel and turn social media to portray a very different story and i think that's what kanye has done um, he's kind of painted a picture that he doesn't see his kids that he doesn't you know, that he just doesn't get what he wants, basically, is, is how it seems to me. Granted, this is my opinion. I'm not saying this to trigger anyone. I'm not saying this to create drama. But this is me telling the, my story and entwining my sister-in-law and what I know from being in a situation like this. Um, my divorce, which I touched on, wasn't easy. It took six months longer than it should have. Because he kept trying to fight the paperwork. He kept trying to um, not file paperwork. He threatened to um, go get an attorney because when we did our divorce, um, it was through mediation. There weren't, there wasn't um, lawyers involved. So he was threatening to go and get a lawyer. He didn't want to give me anything. Um, I never asked for anything. Um, but again, that goes back to a form of control. Well, I'm not going to divorce you in a timely manner, or I'm going to fight this until the end. Um, because I don't want this to end. I, I still want that control. And that is very, very hard place to be in. Um, when you know that your relationship is no longer healthy with that person and you know that ending it is the right thing to do for yourself or for your children or for just your life in general, 
it's very hard to sit there and have somebody um, block that, to block your path to healing, to block your um, life from moving forward, because we all deserve that chance to move forward. Um, So I think there's still some issues with control sometimes in relationships where somebody maybe has some mental health issues or maybe the person has some narcissistic tendencies or they're just um, a controlling person in general. Um, I will never forget my ex-spouse coming to my apartment at one o'clock in the morning and banging on my door repeatedly. Then the next morning calling my phone repeatedly. Um, the thing about it is that it was difficult for anybody to believe me. And that's really hard because you have laid it all out there for people. You, you've been as honest as you can, maybe without exploiting all the details, but you're sitting there and you're telling people, well, this is what's happening. And they're asking you, well, did you provoke him somehow? Um, I think you should just probably file a police report or, or a restraining order. Nobody wants to see the person for who they are. And filing a police report and restraining order is great. Um, but to some people, that is just a piece of paper. That is not um, <laughs> going to keep them from doing what they want to do. If they've been headstrong for this long and they've got it in their mind that they, I guess, own you or they have the rights to you. Um, it can be a really, really hard situation and a piece of paper isn't going to do anything. Um, I remember trying to involve his family at one point. I remember saying to his sister, you need to come get him. He's out of control. He has punched a cupboard. He's punched a hole in the wall. They would not do anything. Um, simply, she, his sister just put, just called his father and was like, oh, can you go over there and do something about him? And then his dad was like, no, I'm not going to do anything about it. So even after you try to inform people about what's going on, some of um, my ex-husband's friends knew, they knew what he was like. They knew what he was about. They knew what he did to his ex-girlfriend prior. And yet they were still standing by him. And that is an extremely difficult situation. When you see people kind of enabling their behavior because they believe the narrative that this person is telling, they believe the narrative of the person that is coming after you and telling lies about you, that's telling stories about you, that's a really hard thing. And then when this person also threatens to kill you, like my spouse did several times, my ex-spouse, um... That's extremely difficult. Nobody wanted to believe that he would say these things. Nobody wanted to believe that he would do these things. Very few people believed me. And trust me, my circle in of my friends from the time I was divorced um, to where I am now, none of the people that were, I guess, unbelieving or unfeeling or didn't want to see my ex for what he was. I am no longer friends with any of those people. So I had people that were in my life for over a decade and I had to cut them all away because nobody wanted to believe that my ex-husband was the way that he was. But yet at the same time, they enabled him to be this way too because anytime he was rude or malicious to somebody 
they didn't care. They didn't, there was no punishment there. He was allowed to be the way that he was. And he would constantly um, control the narrative. He would tell anybody who listened. I remember he would tell my hairdresser things about me because we both went to the same hairdresser. Don't ever do that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If you feel comfortable doing that, doing that, go ahead, do it. I've got no problems with it, but if you're going through divorce, be prepared. Um, so he would tell anybody who would listen. Um, he would tell people at his work. He would, um, he went as far as talking to a pastor about it and telling me how he went to church and he was soulful and he was prayful and that he was wishing on the same moon as, um, at night that he hoped I was looking at wondering if, will she just come back to me? Just come back to me. And he tried to spin it so many times, um, saying he even went to therapy. Um, he went to therapy one time and so this really brought up a good discussion between me and my sister-in-law about the things that people don't understand. If you haven't been through it, you may not understand it. But if your friend needs support and you've known your friend for quite some time, they need support. They need somebody who says, I don't believe what this person is telling me. I don't understand why they're saying the things that they're saying. You know, you need somebody like that to understand. And basically his narrative and his version of things changed a lot of people's opinion of me. And it was very sad to watch people who had been in my life for 10 plus years just walk away to an extent because they believed that I had wronged him. And that's the whole thing about this. Like with Kanye and Kim, it's very true. He feels like she has wronged him. I'm sure she had a conversation about their marriage ending. Pretty sure. Most times you go through a divorce, you're going to have a conversation with that person stating why you want to end the relationship, why you did what you did. Um, you're not just going to pack up your shit and leave unless it's a very bad situation. Usually there's going to be some kind of foreshadowing that goes on that the relationship is coming to an end. Um... I would get texts from my friends and this was difficult, um, telling me I was the devil for leaving him. I wasn't following the Bible. I was, um, abandoning him. Um, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do as a wife and they would ask me questions and it, it was horrible. Like I remember crying at my desk at work, like I've said several times and just losing my mind because all these people were trying to tell me that this person was still Mr. Wonderful, was still great, was still amazing. And, and that's the thing. Everybody is going to take sides in a divorce. Some people have the ability to remain neutral and that is great. And I applaud you for that. But most times people are going to pick a side. And they might not land on your side. And it's hard when you feel abandoned and alone and you see people just vacating your side of the story. They believe what the other person is telling them. Um, and the sad fact is, is that through his emotional abuse, and, and sometimes it would be physical, is that you spend the rest of your life being triggered by things. Like when you hear the piece that Trevor Noah does on Comedy Central, and has a discussion about it, it reminds you of what it's really like and the terrifying facts that can follow. 
and how you are questioned and how people don't understand the situation until they have been through it, until they have lived it. Um, There's a lot of situations like that, I guess, in life. Um, It's not fun for me to be triggered by the tenants that live up above me because I hear the woman crying um, and I think, oh my God, is she being abused? I shouldn't have to walk around feeling that way, but I do because it's trauma. It's going to stick with me. It's going to stay with me. Just like the first time you drive after you have a really bad car accident or any type of car accident, I should say, and you are nervous and you have some like nervous, anxious feelings because that sticks with you. You know what can happen to you. You're thinking about your mortality and, and hurting somebody else and, you know, so many other things. It sticks with you and it stays with you. And that's what I want people to understand is that when somebody is going through this, we can judge and we can criticize and we can fall on his side or her side or whatever side you want to choose if you're going to choose a side. But it's one of those things that people do not understand until they've gone through it. Until they have been in a situation where the person has made it to have somebody have control over what we're doing and what we're feeling and what we're thinking and to have our thoughts barraged by the negative impacts of things we've experienced. It's an extremely difficult place to be in. And I don't envy anybody who's been there and I don't envy anybody who feels that they are overcome with emotion when they hear things like this or they feel the need to share their story or they feel the need to um, go back to therapy because they're triggered by it. I have been there. There's so many other things I could say, but I will say that, you know, we live in a time where social media is great, but it's also really bad because people like with Kim and Kanye, they're fighting back and forth on social media and that's not exactly wonderful and that's not exactly a great place to be in um, because words hurt regardless and then they're in print on social media for everybody to see and then everybody wants to comment and take a side and I can't imagine being in that situation. Um, My divorce wasn't public by any means but having friends and family sit there and take sides and divvy up and and point the finger at who did this and who did that to each other and why the divorce happened until you've been there you don't really know and I hope anybody who's going through a really tough time or a really hard situation like this you know you are not alone you're stronger than you think you have a right to defend yourself. You have the right to go to therapy and find somebody to talk to if that's necessary. You need to find that one friend who is going to stick by you, who you can call at 3 a.m. and say, hey, can I come over to your house? I'm scared tonight. Um, you have a right to go take karate lessons if you want. You have a right to carry your mace, um, your pepper spray, whatever is legal in your state. Um, you have a right to defend yourself and it's not always going to be easy and sometimes it's going to be really difficult and it could take months, days, years, however long to get through it and to get over it. But you know what? I guarantee that you will do the best that you possibly can, that you may come out of 
this a little damaged, a little broken, but you will be able to put your pieces together. And it may not be something that gets put together right away, and that's perfectly fine. But um, I want you to understand that you're not alone when you're triggered. You're not alone um, when you have to drop the kids off and you fear what that person's going to do or say about you. Um, I think it's something that we are starting to have a better understanding of, but not always. And I just want people to understand that these situations are really tough and they are not easy. And when you're trying to break up a a relationship or a marriage or a commitment and you have children and you're trying to do all these things to make your life better and you feel like that person keeps pulling you back with mental, physical, or emotional um, distress or harm that you have all your tools at your disposal. Um, find what you can do. Um, go to outreach programs in your state. Go online if you can. Separate yourself as much as you can. Find that person to lean on. File your restraining orders. Get an order of protection. Do what you can. Um, even if finances are limited, there are programs out there. Um, if you need to contact social services, do it. I think it's so important to know what our resources are, to know where um, shelters are, to know what we can do when we have our kids, to have that safe space. So I want people to understand they're not alone in trauma or in these types of situations. And I hope if you are struggling that you find your way out.